Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Few. I hope everyone's had a, an amazing week. Very excited for our next guest. But before we go into the episode, please, if it's the first time you've seen, make sure you click below and subscribe to the channel. Or maybe you've been listening to a few episodes of The Few and you've just forgotten. That way we get more listeners, more ears and eyes on, more ears and eyes on mean we get a bigger, better guest, a little bit like today's guest, Dad. Welcome to The Few Podcast. Never in the field of human conflict was so much owed by so many to so few. So you want to become one of the few. You can't skip steps. You have to put one foot in front of the other. Things take time. I have a dream. I have a dream. Hear inspiring stories from the few and learn what it takes to turn your dream into reality. Don't be afraid to dream big. But remember, dreams without gold are just dreams. This is The Few with Boo. Jim Taylor, who is the MD of Happy Dance. Jim, mate, thank you so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Boo. So the Few Minutes with Boo format, we're going to have a quick look at what you do now, what it took to get to where you are today, Jim, and what does the future look like? Because you've kind of had one of those, what would typically be classed in leadership development one of the most challenging transitions from being very focused in terms of being a developer and very domain excellence focused to now pop up as a a managing director of your own company. Tell us a little bit about what you do now, Jim. Of course. So I'm managing director of Happy Dance. Happy Dance is a a SaaS career site platform. So uh, we are part of a company called PH Creative, which is an employer branding agency that does employer branding, recruitment marketing, and career sites is just a part of, of wider scope. So for the past three, nearly four years, I guess, uh, I've been running a company uh, with currently around 29 people. I think when we transitioned into Happy Dance and sort of separated away from the PH Creative group, we were a team of um, 14. So we're providing uh, TA leaders, employee brand managers, those that are trying to attract the right talent with a career site solution. So it's obviously you know, kind of the focused, helping them. What is a career site solution? What does that actually even mean? That's a good question. So a career site is essentially uh, the doorway to for candidates to, to find a new career. So if you think about a candidate looking for a job, you're obviously going to go to the likes of Google and start searching you know, the titles, the skills, the location. And that's where we help our customers be visible in those search engine results by having a dedicated website, a career site that is focused on everything when it comes to working within that organization in terms of like the culture, the benefits, the perks, the diversity, and obviously the actual jobs themselves. So it's not necessarily just a jobs board. It's taking the employer brand messaging architecture in terms of what's the proposition of what it's like to work there to educate the candidates, to convince them that it's either the right or the in, the wrong actual career for them. So we work with lots of large organizations, predominantly in the US, lots of Fortune 500 companies where we've been able to help them grow and, and attract more candidates and, and convert uh, the actual right candidates to hire. And that's, that's how competitive it is right now to get good people into an organization. You literally need to build a custom website that speaks to them and enables them to make that decision and go, you know what, that's the business I want to work for. And if you don't have that, and I would presume, you know, based on your background and the commitment that the organization has made to build a SaaS platform around it, 
the people you're attracting are incredibly tech savvy. And if you don't have this, you're probably going to set yourself up for less than ideal candidates. You're not going to be picking from the best part of the tree when it comes to the right apples to work in the organization, yeah? Yeah, I think uh, in terms of our customer, you know, as I say, we do work with large organizations. They recognize that a dedicated career site is the right solution because you often find with small organizations that they'll just have a careers page with very limited information for the candidates. And candidates will spend roughly seven to eight hours researching. So they're not only looking at the career site, they want to look at social, Glassdoor reviews, whatever that may be, to obviously decide whether or not to to apply for that role. So having a dedicated career site enables them to have specific user journeys for that audience and the right tone of voice and being able to, and then for the customer, being in complete control of that content. So having a, a really easy use of, of a CMS system so that they don't have to lean on their corporate marketing teams to be able to update pages of content and publish jobs as well. So tell me about your journey. So what was that like going from being a developer to having a, a team and also, you know, pretty heavy marketing focus as well, I'd imagine. I mean, you've gone from dealing with a problem, building a SaaS platform and building a great piece of technology to running a company. What's that like? Every day is different and I'm constantly learning. I guess where I've come from, my original, I'm going to show my age here. My original background was uh, with graphic design. That's the, the type of career that I wanted to go into. And then at the time, I was in a band. I was in a, an indie band, a guitar band. Nice. I was leading that to a degree that lasted for about eight years. And that's when I got into web design because, you know, I wanted to build us a web page effectively. Um, and that's when I started. What was the band, um, mate? Do we, can we Google it? Can we watch the YouTube? I don't think you'll find it. So, no, it's, it's before <laughs> the days of YouTube. It's all so now. Um, we were called Iconoclast. Pretty well known in in the city, Liverpool, and started uh, doing tours and all that kind of stuff. So I'll go into the details of that. But I, I think that's where I started to hone some of my, I guess, my early leadership skills in terms of trying to be the leader within that band. So, uh, so yeah, as I say, I stumbled into uh, web design, started learning some skills there, and that's what brought me to my first job, which was uh, which was a front end developer. So it was more full stack. I was working in an IT company that. I was responsible for just managing their website. And this was the days before, if you're familiar with developments as style sheets as an example, so how to make a, a web page look the way it does and responsive wasn't even around in those days, everything was built in tables. So that was sort of my early introduction. And then five years later, I spotted an opportunity to work with Page Creative as a developer. So it was a case of joining my own kind, being surrounded by actual experts who are designers and backend developers and, and learning and meeting all of these other different disciplines that I'd sort of tried to learn myself over time. So I probably learned more in the first three months of PH that I did in, in the five years. How was that as well? Like, what's the difference trying to work kind of almost by yourself compared to working as part of a team? What did that feel like for you and in terms of your productivity and your skill sets? Hi, it's Boo here. If you're enjoying these episodes of The Few, please show your support by leaving a review. It costs you nothing, and the more reviews we have, the better guests we can reach out and bring onto the show to help you close the gap between what you want and where you are today even faster and help you on your journey to become one of the few too. So, yeah, and I'll probably touch on this, but I was, I'm very much of a sort of a problem solver and it's constant like evolution. How does it get better? And this was in the, in the very early days of like being able to search Google for that type of information. You know, you didn't have like Stack Overflow and there wasn't a lot around, you know, how to do SEO effectively and PPC. It was just a case of try it, see what works, 
and iterate and, and continue, you know, learn how to fail quickly and, and you know, build up those skills. So I'd, I learned a lot in terms of like marketing and, and web development and design and account management just within the five years that IT company. But coming over to PH and being surrounded by experts, I learned a lot more there as well. When I joined PH, we were just a team of 12, now over, over 100 so I've so my journey at PH was obviously that junior front-end developer. We did about five, six years and obviously scaled up and, and then moved into a senior front-end developer where I was managing other front-end developers. But as I mentioned before, I started getting more involved in the production in terms of the operations, like in, you know, embedding new tools like Basecamp at the time in terms of how to run projects, working closely with project managers, and then really understanding the A to B of, of how to deliver a, a career site. So... It got to the point where it was about six years into my PH creative journey that I'd started moving it towards more operations. And I basically pitched to the CEO, uh, Brian Adams. I said, look, I'd, I'd love to be some form of, of an ops manager, ops director type of role. And it was just, a, you know, his trust in me, which he's, he's always had in me, is, is just crack on, get on with it. Like, it sounds like the right thing to do. I was almost like a, a player manager, football type, where... I'd um, carried out coding for about a year, and then I just recognized that I needed to do more of the upside. At the same time, I'd, as I'd, I think as I moved to PH and I, I'd left the band, I'd moved into Sunday League football management as well. So it was interesting that as I started to grow these management skills, I was learning to take things onto the football field and then bringing what I was taking from the football field into work. And obviously it's a very different team when you've got like 14 hungover 18 plus year olds, um, you know, kicking off when they haven't been chosen in the first 11 on a Sunday morning, how to deal with, with that <laughs> and then make those decisions within the 90 minutes and then learning how to deal with people internally, like how to manage people was, you know, I constantly strive to improve. Leadership's leadership though, right? I mean, that's the thing about it. Like it's different contexts, but how to lead, how to influence, how to make decisions, they're the constant elements that every leader needs to be able to do effectively. Do you see that benefit to be able to apply those skills across? I mean, you just said it then, it, it kind of feeds off itself to be able to learn from both of those environments and apply the lessons from each into each. Yeah, for sure. I, I was talking about like people management. People management is absolutely different from leading. Leading is like being clear with the vision, the mission, the direction, and, and making sure that everybody is aligned to that so that you know it improves communication, it improves well-being and the quality of the output. And I think one of the things that I've started to really grow muscle around or I recognized, I've done obviously many leadership courses with uh, in my time here as well. And I've done one a couple of months ago where it was a bit of a refresher and that the art of delegation was something that sort of stuck out for me. I think in historically, just because we are such a small team, I've held on to things and I thought, I'll do it because I don't want to delegate that to somebody who can do it as well, but I recognize how busy they are. So that's something I've had to, to grow muscle around and, you know, recognize that I can't be doing everything. I need to set the brief, give clear direction, the expectations and support them where needed. So that's been a recent challenge uh, in terms of leading people. And what does it look like moving forward? What are your career ambitions? Where can you take this brand? How is it now that you're, as an MD, also embracing that sales and marketing and front end, which is critical to any organization? And I've certainly seen folks who go from an operational function in a business to a, a leadership role across all functions that sometimes the sales and marketing is the hardest part to get your head around. 
Yeah, he, he, he was struck a nerve there. <laughs> so sales and marketing is my focus right now. So I'm lucky to have, I've grown my team doubled in size in the last uh, two years where we've put an SLT in place, a senior leadership team. But the sales team is something that we have to scale quickly. And the reason was, is that we obviously, we partnered up to start with. We didn't just go out on our own and do the generation. We brought in some partners that were really fruitful and really defined our product offering and our operations in the, and how we deliver. I brought on some exceptional brands. Now we just want to 10X that, like how do we do that quickly? So learning everything around SaaS sales has been a journey of mine for a, for a good couple of months now. And, and that's the journey we're on right now is bringing in uh, business development reps or account executives growing our customer success team so we can grow our customers so that they're happy and they renew. So I'd say that's the, the biggest learning curve for me, as I say, of, that's why I love what I do. It's, it's that constant learning every day is different, learning new skills, and I'm, I'm learning a lot right now when it comes to scaling sales teams. What are three things that you would tell a leader if you had them for one minute that would make them more effective at what they do? I would invest in yourself. So I think I always find a lot of... Um, Huge benefits in doing things like leadership courses, or even if it's like these sort of, you know, these 15 minute digest books at types of things. So definitely invest in yourself because there's been specific books over time that have just like absolutely struck a chord at the right moments in time. So invest in yourself. I'd say obviously be accountable. You obviously have to deliver to a board, but you also have to support your team and you have to show the rest of the team that you're accountable in a way that you are doing what you're asking them to do as well. If I'm expecting them to deliver, they need to see I'm, I'm delivering as well. And I think the last point would be obviously give back. So when I talk about like investing in yourself and learning those skills is to share them, is to you know work with, speak to other leaders. I've, I've joined many different types of communities where I've, in the early days, I had a lot of imposter syndrome around that. I just <laughs> felt like this is new to me. Why am I sitting around this table of business owners? Then when you find, when you sort of, start to have those conversations and knock those walls down, you recognize that you've got really similar challenges, possibly just in different niches or you're in a different part of that journey. When you share those stories, it, one, it reflects back on you in terms of what you've been successful in and what you could have done better, but you'll obviously, obviously fill those gaps as well that you might not necessarily know about. I remember somebody said to me about two years, two, three years ago when I was about to go on to this journey and this leader said to me, don't underestimate support as part of your offering. That was something that stuck with me. And, and this year we've really honed in on making sure our, our support team is best in class versus like just delivering a great career site and then not being able to support that for the customers, you know, being really responsive and fast resolutions to any questions, questions, queries or issues. That's fantastic. Hey, Jim Taylor, Managing Director of Happy Dance. Thanks for sharing your insights into leadership and being so generous with your time today. Thanks, mate. Well, that wraps another episode of The Few, and I'd like to thank our partners, without whom this episode wouldn't be possible. Firstly, Ode Management, an organization that brings world-class speakers into your event or organization to make a profound impact on your people to deliver the results that you want. And Afterburner, real-life fighter pilots, a team of men and women who for the past 25 years have helped organizations surpass their expectations, learning the tips and tricks fighter pilots use to win 98% of the time. If you enjoyed the show, please show your support by subscribing to the podcast, The Few with Boo, or our YouTube channel. 
It's been an absolute pleasure sharing the stories of these remarkable people with you. I hope that helps you keep the dream alive, but more importantly, equips you with a few ideas of how to turn those dreams into reality to help you become one of the few too.